hello everybody and thank you for joining me on this Monday of a new week. So we made it through the weekend. Uh, there is still so much to talk about. So uh, I'm going to talk about that as I guess go through as much as possible and still kind of get out within the 20 minute time frame that uh, makes it simpler listening. Uh, but there is a lot to talk about and I'm going to pour out some of my thoughts. But what I am going to do today as well is get back to my positive stories because those are what we truly need on a daily basis. At least I do. I hope that you uh, find comfort or joy or positivity in those as well. And then your uh, positive step is, uh, for the day and your quote. So <clears throat> I hope that uh, as you made it through the weekend, it gave you time to figure out your your um, troubles that uh, you you had due to the uh, insurrection last week I hope it gave you some kind of insight into how you can progress forward and um, institute change in, in your own personal life or in a in a larger sense with your community and um, in our world that we live in you know um, 2020 had been a year of differences, changes, hard times, um, progress in some ways as well. Um, a year of shining a light on on all of our systemic issues. And 2021 has carried that torch. Um, so sometimes we get caught up in thinking that it's a bad thing. And it's not always, okay? It is bad that we are under this microscope at the moment, but it's also positive that we are under this microscope at the moment because now it can give us some perspective. And now we can figure out how to continue moving forward. And progress doesn't happen in one moment. It doesn't happen in one day. It is a gradual process that takes work, takes dedication, and takes um, a lot of strength and uh, working together as well. So... I hope that you are taking that to heart. I hope that you are trying to find ways how you can work with others. And it doesn't have to be just a, um, like I said, a, a societal thing. This can be for personal growth as well. So take those, run with them, keep working. We got more to do. All right. I'm going to get to those stories though. So don't you go anywhere. I'll be back in a moment. My name, of course, is Elijah Manning, and you are listening to The Daily Optimist. So as the insurrection has uh, finished for now, there is a word that there could be more to come. But I would like to focus in on a couple of uh, specific points. So number one is the lack of um, police force, if you will, or in this case, it's the uh, Capitol Police specifically. And how they had requested for the National Guard, but only got a certain amount and that was supposed to be there to handle traffic. And I talked about the differences between Black Lives Matter and this. And um, I just want to point out that 
there are conflicting stories from the former chief, his name is Stephen Sund, who resigned, um, over the fact that, you know, he wasn't prepared, but he says that he attempted to be prepared, but that the house sergeant at arms, Paul Irving, was concerned at the optics of declaring an emergency ahead of the protest and rejected a National Guard presence. So he said that, you know, he goes on to, to talk about how he requested uh, for there to be assistance six different times ahead of the attack, but they were denied or delayed. Uh, the D.C. mayor wanted the, a larger police presence, but like I said, they were only given uh, about 340 from the D.C. National Guard. And they were mainly there to help with traffic flow. They were unarmed and, and um, they wanted law enforcement was meant to handle the, the, uh, the crowd. Um, and we know that there were about 1,400 uh, Capitol Police that day. And there were 8,000 rioters. These are estimates. Okay, well, estimate on the rioters. That is a quite the discrepancy there. So it is not surprising that they got overrun. So as we dig further and deeper into this, the story about who didn't allow it to happen and why there were not, why they were not uh, already there ahead of time are going to need to come to light. And that brings up our other issues of now we're in impeachment talks again. I say again because this will be the second time he, uh, President Trump will be impeached. Uh, because right now the Republicans have decided that they are not going to uh, look to invoke the, the, the amendment, that uh, the 24th Amendment. So instead, they're going to have to do articles of impeachment. And we are at the end of this presidency with more possible uh, planned interference or attacks coming up. There's been uh, rumors... And we've had social media sites shut down, um, far-right groups, but we are past that point now because they have been allowing this to build for many, many years. And I know that the crux of it came when uh, our president was put into power, but that's not when it started. That's just when it is all culminating. So it started prior to, and I mean, if you even go back to uh, the current president with the birther uh, thing with, with uh, Obama, where he was saying that he wasn't born in America and, you know, all of that and had to prove his birth certificate, a lot of that conspiracy started then. And if you look at um, all these conspiracy theorists, they have been slowly working to plant seeds of misinformation, disinformation in people for many years and there has not been a referendum on this there has not been a, a time to tamp down on it and now they're doing it for for these like social media sites but um is it too late at this point has it become past that point where the damage is uh, inescapable and i don't know i'm not certain uh hopefully there can be uh, less damage going forward. But again, this is not about freedom of uh, speech because when when you are inciting violence and you are purposefully putting out disinformation in an attempt to have people eventually cause an insurrection, that is a huge problem. 
And I'm not going to speak too much more on that, but I just want you to be aware that this is not about taking away freedom of speech. This is about uh, tamping down on disinformation and misinformation and conspiracy theories because there have been way too many that have been uh, that have succumbed to this type of uh, rhetoric and behavior. And if we don't stop it now, then it's only going to uh, continue and it may be continuing regardless. So now is that time. So my other story is going to go right into um, how the rest of the world right now is currently seeing this. And I'm going to put a link up to this article that I got from NBC News about how the world is seeing us right now. So I'm not going to I'm not going to read you the article, but it is uh U.S. foes like China and Iran see opportunity in the chaos of Trump-stoked riot at the Capitol. So what it's basically saying is how the U.S. has been this worldwide leader in democracy and has always been pushing for other nations to be more democratic, right? So if you look at the Iraq war, part of that was to institute democracy in Iraq, okay? So we attempt to say Iran can't have their, their dictatorship and we have to implement a democracy there. We're going after China for their their dictatorship and implement a democracy there and the same thing in Russia. However, what we have done now, and if we do not remove President Trump, then we have showed how democracy can be failable if you have the right people who can overthrow that democracy and that is where we are we are on that precipice of proving that democracy is a failure and i believe that as a democratic nation democracy is not a failure and we need to do everything we can to preserve that democracy as we have fought all over this world over democracy and having fair and free elections yet somehow we have shown a light on on how it is so easy to to sow these seeds, as I was saying, of disinformation and um, how you can take take people who who had believed in it for so long and now turn it on its head and have them not believe it and instead believe in authoritarianism and fascism without even knowing that that's what they're believing in, and that's where we are in the U.S. as of right now. Okay, we are on the precipice of of authoritarianism, government, and fascism. Trump does not want to leave office, <clears throat> especially with a loss. He does not want to leave office. He wants to leave on his terms. Like he said, four more years, maybe eight more years, maybe even more. That's what he was saying during his rallies, ramping up to the election. And he was planting these seeds of it being not fair four years, years ago. We know that there's a broken process with the voting uh, in in the U.S. as well because there's gerrymandering, there is you know redistricting, there are trying to get rid of black people voting. There's some some laws that that came out in uh, the use it or lose it law. And, and if you don't know what the use it or lose it is law, it's if you didn't vote in the last election, your name may not be still registered to vote for the next election. So we have slowly been chipping away at democracy while holding it up. And this article talks about how across the world they're looking at what is happening right now and how it proves that their dictatorships, if they have a dictatorship, 
is going to work and it proves and it shows our allies that we may not be the leader that we have always said we are and these were some issues that were already in play uh, prior to the insurrection these were issues that were in play because of the uh, bold brash bravado of our current president because of the things he has done and put into office and how he basically has cut ties with so many has has led in a, a way that is irreprehensible so what do we do from here you know, articles of impeachment are in and if we do not impeach this man then we are going to have the stain of democracy forever the stain of uh, of ill-fated democracy forever and it's going to take years to make it work generations to make it work again okay i do believe as well that there should be charges against this president not while he's sitting but he will be out of office soon and if he's not held to account and uh it will continue to keep the door open for any other dissenters to follow in that path but if you if we as a nation make him have to have consequences that is what could be a deterrent from this point on okay that is important we need to understand that so with that said we will see where this goes enough of that i'm going to turn now to some positive news so don't you go anywhere Take a breath. I'll be back in a moment. All right, let's change things up and talk about that positive news. All right, so positive news time. All right, so bike riding has become uh, more popular and uh you know especially in warm weather places uh, all year round where you can ride to work there is um always the the discomfort of riding to work if you're going to have to be battling hills and things of that nature uh because nobody wants to get to work and be sweaty and um you know then have to change clothes and all that kind of thing so there is a new a new uh, invention that was named uh, one of the 100 best inventions of 2020 by Time Magazine, and it's called Clip, C-L-I-P. So what Clip is, is it is a um, e-bike piece. All right, so I'll explain. It's small enough to fit into a backpack, and it contains a 450-watt uh, motor that is powered by batteries that can be recharged in a wall socket, and it provides about 10 to 15 miles of range. So it has a small controller that you put on your handlebars, has enough power to add 15 miles per hour of speed to your pedaling, so it can propel you up hills, no problem, all right? So if you're planning to ride to work and, and uh, or in general, it's much smaller than what happens. So there's a, a lot of other e-bikes out there that are in danger of you know being stolen because they're, they're pretty cool looking and they're worth money. Well, this clip can be taken off brought into work with you and then brought back out because it uh you know it clips on and off hence the name clip so it's also uh compare compared to other ones that are similar these uh, e-bike conversion kits if you will this one it costs uh just under 400 it's 399 
so about $400. And some of the other ones cost about $1,700, $1,800. All right, and again, this is not a permanent thing that you leave on your bike. You can clip it on, take it off, bring it inside. So people may be less likely to steal just your regular bike as they would be to steal your electric bike or, you know, with the uh, electric addition to your bike. So that is good news. I'm going to have to look into it. Not that I ride bikes a lot, but you know what? It's possible that I could change that up now with this. Uh, it looks fascinating. It looks interesting. And um, who knows? Maybe, maybe we have some change for the future coming. So my second story is going to be about a father who has uh, cancer and just completed a triathlon. So his name is Jay Hewitt. Excuse me. And um, he just completed the triathlon in under 14 hours, despite having been through two brain surgeries and 30 radiation sessions and a year of chemotherapy. And he attributes it to his seven-year-old daughter. All right. So in 2015, his daughter was born and, you know, he had suddenly thought about um, a Ironman event, which he had seen on TV when he was a child. And it was, he, you know, he's like, oh, when he's when his daughter's 10, he's going to compete in one to show her that he can, you can do anything you set your mind to. And then 2018, he was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. So that's when he started training. And she was only three at the time, his daughter, who is named Hero, because she says Hero, I'm sure. Um, he started training on his first day of radio and chemotherapy in August of 2019. That's what he says. And um, the Ironman was canceled due to 2020 being, you know, pandemic. But he got in touch with them and he was able to organize his own Ironman uh, in his town. So he was able to put the finish line at his home right in front of his garage. And he said, which I knew would give me a sense of coming home that would drive me throughout. So on October 9th, he started in Newport Beach's uh, back bay with a two mile swim biked 112 miles and then ran the final 26.2 during the race he, they they say the chemo uh you know was terrible for his digestion he couldn't digest nutrition or hydration but he pushed through nausea he threw up because of stomach pain when he came around the corner to the finish line after 13 hours and 40 minutes there were hundreds of people that were cheering him on iron man they even built a a a, a real finish line at his home where his uh, daughter and his wife were holding the the ribbon or the tape so that he could cut you know uh, run through it and um he says i didn't have much energy uh but i zeroed in on them thinking i'm coming home i gave my wife a kiss handed my wife and daughter flowers says he got down on my knee to say to hero if i can do it you can do it dream big and never give up hope he said, I got to tell her that it was really hard for me, but I had thought about coming home to her and that she had given me the strength to finish. So he overcame, despite all odds of, of going through this chemotherapy and having terminal brain cancer, to show that his daughter that you can do anything. And uh, I hope she goes on to do amazing, great things. So for us today... We have a lot to do. We have a lot of work to do in our country, within ourselves and within uh, the micro and macro sense 
of uh, work to do for ourselves and for our country. All right. So step of the day, regroup, regroup. Okay. <clears throat> As we hear the stories of how you can uh, make progress, how you can overcome obstacles, how you can keep blazing through, that's where we are right now. As I talked about, we're at the precipice of, of needing this change in, in our country. Now is the time. So regroup and um, hone in on what it is we need to change. And I know I've done this before, but I, I think right now it is that time. So after the weekend, I hope that you had time to kind of settle in. But now that we are ready to move forward again, what are you going to do to help? And this doesn't have to be, what are you going to do to help the world? doesn't have to be, what are you going to do to help the country, your community? This could also be, what are you going to do to help yourself? Because within ourselves, we have uh, plenty of battles to fight. Are you going to overcome an obstacle today? Are you going to take the first step to overcoming a large obstacle in your life? Are you going to do something that will change the, a culture or change a society? Are you going to do something that will just change the way you think of things? Are you going to do something that will help someone else change their perspective as well? Regroup. Okay? Think, but start to realize that if you don't attempt to make changes for yourself or for you know the, the greater then who's going to do it for you? You have to do it, okay? You have to start engaging and in attempting to make those changes, to make those movements forward. And, you know, it could be simply like, hey, I have an implicit bias. Let me think on that. How do I get rid of my implicit bias? How do I acknowledge that I have this implicit bias? How do I make attempts to share with others how to get rid of their implicit bias? How do I attempt to educate others on what, how we find information, how we read and, and how we listen to information? How can I help to guide my children to finding things that are uh, factually backed up? And, and how do I um, consistently put forward for them positive, positive things? All right. There's so much to do. You can even go bigger. Uh, you know what? I'm going to write my senator. I'm going to write my congressman. I'm going to write start in my own town. I'm going to write my mayor. What are we going to do to start making changes hey, at schools? What are we going to do at schools? I'm going to write my superintendent, principal. I, hey, the, the possibilities are endless, but we can all make changes if we work for the changes together, get some people that are like-minded. So regroup today. Regroup. Start thinking about what, what it is you want to change, how you want to change it, whether it's personal or whether it's societal. All right. So that's going to lead me to my quote for the day. And the quote today comes from Martin Luther King Jr. We know him as the Baptist minister, activist, uh, helped change our society. And it's going to be very relevant for what's happening right now. And this is from his uh, I Have a Dream speech. We have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. One more time. 
We have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now is the time to make the real promises of democracy. So I say that to you because you can use that in your personal life. How do you make sure that democracy goes? But you can even, even if that last sentence isn't the one for you, you can do the sentence prior where now is not the time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. As you do this today, as you regroup, get your steps in order. Get your steps in order, okay? Now's the time to make the real promises of democracy. If you're if you're looking to help change the society, the community, the world, or the the country, all that, let's make sure that we do what we can to to get this impeachment happening, to get um, justice for uh, the the world we live in, and to make sure that those who were in the insurrection get the consequences they deserve. All right. Now is the time. There is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Thank you very much for making it through. And like I said, I'm going to put that um, NBC article up on my Facebook page. You can find my Facebook page. I am at the Daily Optimist Podcast on Facebook. I'm going to put it up on my Instagram and uh, or my Twitter, actually, because you can click links on Twitter easier. So it's going to be at the Daily Optipod, at the Daily O-P-T-P-O-D. All right. You can also follow me on Instagram, same handle, at the Daily Optipod, at the Daily Optipod, O-P-T-P-O-D. Thank you very much. Email me if you'd like, thedailyoptimist at yahoo.com, thedailyoptimist at yahoo.com. Went a little longer. Sorry about that. I'm getting out. Until next time, everybody. Remember, I appreciate you. Please rate, subscribe, and share. Rate so that you uh, so other people can find it. Subscribe so you never miss it, and share with anybody who needs a little positivity and optimism in their day. Until next time, everybody. Please be well. <laughs>